Ata River Lake, Higal Clara New, you're all very welcome to our show today, Conversations with Toastmasters on Dundalk 100 FM. I'm your host, Mark Malai, for today. I've been a member of the Toastmasters Club for about two years, and with me in the studio are my colleagues, Brendan and Mark, who are also members of the Toastmasters Club. Now, Toastmasters uh, runs a, a club on the first and the third Monday of each month in the Fairways Hotel at 8 o'clock. If you're interested in public speaking, it's the place for you. Whether you need it for work or maybe a best man speech or various, or even just as a social activity, it's you're all very welcome to come. Uh, first, uh, Brendan, you're very welcome. And tell us why you became involved with Toastmasters and how long are you with the club? Good day, Martin and, and listeners, and thank you for inviting us on the show today. I've been a member of Toastmasters for a little over two years, like yourself, Martin, and I've found it to be a very light-hearted and wonderful experience in the sense that I benefit from it in a couple of ways, through my work and also through socially and meeting people. I walked into Toastmasters in Dundalk two, over two years ago and I did not know any person in that room and within certainly at the end of the meeting people made me feel very welcome and I just found it a very pleasant experience it's great to go there in the winter months you're meeting new people you get new ideas and it's a very gradual process no one puts any pressure on you you can progress at your own at your own own stage Thank you very much, um, Brandon. And Mark, how long have you been a member of Toastmasters? Well, Martin, I've been a member of Toastmasters for about five months, uh, so I, I'm a new addition, if you like, to the to the club. Uh, a friend uh, who's also a member of Toastmasters asked me to come along and, and said, you know, it's a very good night out. You'll you'll learn a bit and you'll improve your speaking skills. And you know, there's a great range of topics discussed every uh, at every meeting. So I, I find it very informative, and uh, I would say yes, my my uh, speaking skills have come on a, a little bit um, you know through through the, the five months I've already uh, made m I feel like my maiden speech which is called the icebreaker so that's a kind of a you know a speech to kind of get people started and I've recited a few poems and I've done a few other jobs at the meeting so you know I, I find, find it very useful and uh, I've really enjoyed it that's great Mark would you say uh, Brandon just ask you would you say it would be a club just for people who are uh, self-confident and who don't mind uh, talking in front of people is it only for that type of person no far from it um, Martin it's, I, I, I wouldn't accept that perception at all if what I've found with meeting the people in the Dundalk Club and actually meeting people from other clubs, the Dundalk and Uri Club, that people come from a wide and diverse range of, of different aspects in life. You've got people who are self-employed, you've people who possibly could be teachers, people who are working in different environments. You've also had people who are very well educated, maybe well read, and then you've people at the opposite end of the spectrum who just want to improve their speaking skills as as Mark has outlined there in public. And you can take it one step at a time and that's the one good thing about Toastmasters, that people are very helpful and they will show you to how to reach each step. As Mark said, he's done the icebreaker. There's a competent manual there where you can go for ten speeches and it's very helpful for everyone. What would you say, Mark? Yeah, well, uh, to add to what Brendan said, I mean, you know, we're here on the radio this morning, you know, which, which I don't think would have been something I would have c contemplated a few months ago. So I would say uh, a very, very worthwhile thing to do, and I would 
encourage everybody to come along because it's really there's no um, there's nobody kind of picking out people or criticising them in any way you know it's a very supportive type of structure and a very supportive group of people so I, I think it's uh, really worthwhile to, to participate in it yeah. Brandon the other thing about the club is that there's a, a young age group it goes from people who are in their college students and to people who are possibly even maybe retired so there's a great uh, wide range of, of, of people there and age profile and they all bring with them their own experiences so certainly you know you can you can walk in there and you will be made welcome and, but it's a great experience and it's beneficial for everyone well I'd have to say I wholeheartedly agree with you. I couldn't believe it that two years ago I began uh, in Toastmasters and here I am hosting my first radio show. I'm sure the listeners will, will uh, be indulgent. It is my first time at it, but thank you very much to Toastmasters. And it's, a, it's great, really, what, how you can progress and do things. Anyway, to change the topic, we're d- delightful to be here in a lovely spring morning here in Dundalk. And without doubt, being the 1st of March, people begin to think of the crows building their nests it's the beginning of spring and really really spring puts us in a good mood uh, Brandon what do you, what type of things come to your mind when you think of springtime well I'm a man of nature Martin and springtime is possibly I would say my favourite time of year if you if we go back we're literally after coming out of the last six or eight weeks where we've after experiencing dreadful weather conditions high winds storms high tides which brought its own damage and toil on on people unfortunately and I think we were quite lucky up this end of the country we escaped quite a lot of it in fact one of the Sundays I went over to the Annie Gasson there over to the tide and there was watching the waves coming across the wall now it was spectacular to go over there and, and watch nature the force of nature and the waves breaking right across the wall but you'd want to stand clear um, I enjoy going there also in the summertime and, and taking a dip but certainly there weren't too many people um, the birds were, were the only ones that, that were taking a dip but the, the question is raised by many people you know what is officially the first day of spring is it March or is it February oh I definitely be in the February camp um Brendan, you know, I think when I was growing up, we always said first of February, St Bridget's Day. That's the beginning of spring. What would you say, Mark? Well, yeah, you know, Martin, I think um, for me, it's it's first of March. Uh, I would go, you know, based on what the the weather people say and uh, the seasons. You know, we, we would have always said March, April, May was spring in, in our house. You know, so that's uh, what I would have thought. But so, so today for me is the first of spring. So there's a difference of opinion between us. Brandon, yep. can you sort this out for us? Well, if, if I go back to my school days and, and the old tradition, um, the 1st of February, really, in, in school was was the marking of the 1st of spring. And it probably f- goes back to St. Bridget's Day, Law, Fail, a Breed, which really was one of the greatest um, feasts of, of the Irish calendar. And Bridget was, was a pagan goddess who later became a, a Christian saint. And in old folklore has it that the term spring cleaning originated from this period where where the the purification happened in people's houses, especially in, in the rural and the rural community and that. And the men would go out in, in the late evening 
and they would go out into the countryside, into the fields, and cut and gather reeds, while the women of the house spent the whole night cleaning the house, dusting it down, washing, scrubbing the floors, the old slate floors. And then at dawn, the break of dawn, the men would return, carrying the reeds and rushes. And the ritual was that the men would come in and scatter the reeds and rushes across the floor of, of the threshold of the door. And that was a sign of purification and cleansing. And as a result of that, the concept of St. Bridget's Cross um, evolved from that. So to me, February the 1st. Thank you very much. To get, uh, take note, Mark. Uh, okay, Mark, <laughs> I, I, I stand corrected then. <laughs> Although I do think, as far as the weather people are concerned, it is the 1st first, first of March. Um, maybe just now, just to lighten things up a bit, we're going to have a wee bit of music now uh, from a favourite band of mine called Alton in, from County Donegal. This is The Windmill Set. <laughs> You're listening to Conversations with Dundalk Toastmasters. And that was the windmill set by Alton. And we were talking just before that music about St. Bridget's Day. And of course, we couldn't let that go without mentioning that St. Bridget was a local lady from Farhart. And people still go there around St. Bridget's time to, to celebrate the feast day. Of course, it was said that in her early days that she was a devotee of the pagan goddess. And when St. Patrick came, she converted to the, she became a Christian to the Catholic faith. Now it's also, talking of those matters, we're coming to the time of Lent. Ash Wednesday is next week, or this coming Wednesday. Um, are you going to do anything for Lent, or what are your thoughts, uh, Brandon? Yes, Martin. Um, last year, I for Lent, I actually gave up sugar, would you believe it? After 50-odd years of, of taking sugar in my tea daily, and I was prompted by my 18-year-old daughter, who I caught uh, putting a, a little chocolate goodie in, in her lunchbox heading out to school. And I said, Laura, what are you doing? For, have you given up for Lent? And she said, chocolate. But I think I did catch a glimpse of, of a little uh, chocolate biscuit going into her lunchbox. However, she caught me back very quickly. And Dad, what are you giving up for Lent? And at that point, I was just after putting a sugar of, spoonful of sugar into my tea. So in fairness, it, after three or four days, it, it was quite easy. But Lent is probably one of those old traditions. And I think we've actually lost, in, in the modern day that we all live in, that we've lost a good number of our traditions that we practiced in the past and I don't mean that we have to go back to the extremity of, of fasting for 40 days non-stop but even the old traditions that you had of, of, of arts and culture or Irish dancing or set dancing or dancing at the crossroads the Cayleys we seem to have lost a lot of, th of that I know that there's certain times of the year you will go to the FLA and there will be a big revival of it and there probably is a strong revival but just as generally I think we've lost even the customs associated with funerals the old tradition of the wake and if it was an elderly person 
that there was always a good wake in more in celebration I know it can be a sombre time for the family but certainly it was always a great tradition to, to give that person a great send off and, and recount their life but Lent every year probably people decide to, to make a, a a challenge and try and abstain from something but what I think has happened is that over the last couple of years Lent has actually started on the 1st of January where you have this new phenomenon on, on television of Operation Transformation where, where people will actually diet from that time of year on especially after the Christmas excess Mark, would you agree with that that Lent has been stretched back the whole way from January the 1st like in practice well, I'd say for some people, yeah. I mean, Operation Transformation and New Year's resolutions and that people probably make sacrifices maybe earlier than the traditional 40 days and 40 nights before Easter. But uh, I suppose for, for, for me, Lent, uh, one of my memories or earliest memories of, of Lent and the start of Lent kind of revolves around Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Tuesday. And I have great memories of my mother uh, making fantastic pancakes on the pan and tossing them. And then, you know, we, we'd uh, eat them with uh, lemon juice or with sugar cast of sugar and I remember my dad who used to work in Roadstone coming home uh, on the evening time uh, on, on Shrove Tuesday and we'd all enjoy some pancakes together uh, so that would be my um, one of my memories but of course the the, the reason for uh, Pancake Tuesday I think historically or the tradition is to use up all the eggs and flour in the house in the run up to Lent before before Lent started and uh, of course Shrove Tuesday is around confession you know so people would have taken their confession before um, before Lent started Alright so the name Shrove that's unusual uh, what does that mean, Mark? Well, as far as I know, it's, it's from the verb to strive, to, which means to confess or to go to confession. So oh, that's, that's, that's uh, very interesting. As, as, as I understand, but uh, you'd want to get somebody more, more informed <laughs> than me now to give you the exact answer, but I think that's what it means anyway. I'll tell you, I used to deliver bread in a past life, and one of the things I used to notice was after January, the, uh, the sales of Weight Watchers went sky high. Everybody felt guilty after the Christmas period. So it usually, that was like a Lenten time in practice. But I think after and around February, people kind of went back to their old ways. And Lent is a time to like renew those New Year's resolutions. I would say, Brendan, seeing since you're a great advocate of tradition, I think this is going to be your best Lent ever. So I can't wait to hear what great sacrifices you're going to make this year. Well, sometimes I'm confused, Martin. Actually, when, when does Lent actually start? And this year, we're, we're actually into March now, and it's quite unusual that Lent has started so late. And it's, it's just one of those um, traditions of, of the day it starts. But the tradition itself, obviously, is, is going to, to church and getting uh, the ashes on, on Ash Wednesday, and that really starts or signals uh, the start of Lent. Years ago, people would have abstained from drink. Um, meat was another big one, and much to the consternation, I would say, of, of the local butcher, because years ago, his whole business evolved around just purely selling meat. Nowadays, you have a modern deli in a butcher's shop, and they will also have a selection of other product offerings of fruit and vegetables to offer their, their, their customers. And going way back in olden days, after Lent was finished, the butchers would actually have a herring funeral 
literally where they would bury the bones of, of all the fish that would have been consumed during Lent period but back to the basics yes I, Martin I will I will make a sacrifice something quite small it won't be and just to just to try it and, and it possibly for, for my own um, feel good own self actualization it'll be it'll be small but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go my best shot right. and so I won't f- forget that St. Patrick's Day is in the middle of it so I'll, I'll, I'll get a get a respite I think you'll be a brilliant politician Brandon you've been suitably evasive there but I do believe that you, you're still deciding yet exactly what you will do what about you Mark uh, are you going to do anything for the time oh, well I'm just going to be about as evasive as Brendan and not tell you so <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't know joking aside no no yeah. uh, I, I, I'm not sure Martin I mean like Brendan many years ago I gave up sugar for Lent um, as a teenager actually and, and stopped taking it in my tea and I haven't looked back since but for me Lent uh, not only is about making sacrifices but you know you could look at Lent as an opportunity to try and do something positive so instead of giving something up you could say well look I will proactively do something to make um, yeah, a difference in your life or in somebody else's life so uh, I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do but um, I, I generally do something so I, I will continue to do that yeah, that's a very good point Mark it's funny I think we've all given up sugar in our tea at some stage my memories when I was a gas and when I give up tea or the sugar I didn't give up tea but I give up the sugar in the tea was that when it came to St. Patrick's Day where every Irish man has a divine privilege in which he can break his Lent on that day and when I went back to the sugar and the tea I couldn't take it it was rotten <laughs> but then I couldn't take the tea without the sugar either so I was I was caught between both but by the time Easter came now I, I love tea without the sugar it's funny how your taste changes and, and etc so Still, coming back to spring and thinking about spring, I was thinking you have a poem that you that you brought with you, Brendan, about this time when things are getting brighter. We're all getting in a better mood and, and we're feeling a bit happier. <coughs> so maybe you'll give us a wee lift with um, with your poem. And could you tell us what it is and and who wrote the poem? Yes, Martin. Uh, the poem is by Emily Dixonson and she was an American poet born in Amherst in Massachusetts in 1830 and she's lived mainly an introvert and reclusive life and like lots of poets a bit like her own Irish um, Patrick Kavanagh it was only until after her death that um, a lot of her work became apparent uh, and that you know and in fact I actually studied this poem a long time ago for my leave insert so it brings back um, fond memories of, of my sky schoolhood days and the title of the poem is A Light Exists in Spring by Emily Dickinson A light exists in spring not present on the year at any other period when March is scarcely here a colour stands abroad on solitary fields that science cannot overtake but human nature feels it waits upon the lawn it shows the furthest tree Upon the further slope, you know, it almost speaks to you. Then, as horizons steep, our noons report away. Without the formulae of sound, it passes and we stay. A quality of loss affecting our content, as trade has suddenly encroached upon a sacrament. Very good. Thank you very much, Brandon. Now, 
just maybe to lighten things up again I would like to introduce a wee bit of music this is a song by Ethan Yari who is from Gidor in Donegal and she is singing Kalin and Slave Harui which is actually a translation from an English song The Maid of the Sweet Brown Owl and their famous translator was one of the Magriana family Shamban Magriana and Kalin and Slave Harui And you're very welcome back. And the last piece of music there was Kalin and Slave by Ethan Yari. Now we all notice that there's a great stretch in the evenings. And in fact, Brendan even mentioned that sometimes we get confused about when Lent begins and when it starts. Maybe, Mark, you could shed a wee bit of light on this particular phenomenon. Yeah, no problem, Martin. Uh, Easter, I suppose, it all it all revolves around when Easter uh, falls, and Easter is a movable feast, so it doesn't fall on the same date uh, every year, and it's connected, I suppose, to the uh, vernal or spring equinox. And the idea is that Easter always occurs on on the Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox, so it can vary hugely in in in, in time. So, and if I'm right there, Mark, the equinox that's the day when the length of the day and the length of the night is the same length and that's around March sometime yeah it's, it, it can occur between the 19th and 21st of March but the church has set it as the, at the 21st of March just for I suppose the ease of calculation for, for Easter going forward but it, that can, it, the, the date of the, of the uh, Easter itself then depending on when the full moon falls can vary hugely so it can fall as early as the 22nd of March which is the day after the, the equinox and it can be as late in actual fact as up to the 25th of April so it can range to quite a big spread and I suppose the earliest uh, in 2008 there just a couple of years back we had Easter on March 23rd which was the earliest in over 100 years uh, believe it or not but and the latest um, you know the latest Easter April the 25th the last time that happened was in 1943 so you know it, it doesn't go to the extremes very often it tends to be more or less in or in around uh, the early part of April normally and Brendan would you be in favour of an earlier Easter which would you prefer or a late Easter well the seasons are really determined by by the the vernal equinox as Mark has outlined and some years you'll get an early spring some years you can get get a later spring but the but an interesting um, point and Mark mentioned there about the moon is that this year in the calendar year we actually have 13 new moons and what's significant about that is that for the first time since 1947 we've had two moons in January and none in February and we have two new moons in March and the, the previous generation would always have been very sceptical about not having a new moon in each month and this would determine the weather pattern for the months ahead and possibly at the outcome of the harvest for people and gathering their food for their winter supplies and going way back previous generations before we had satellite systems to determine what and predict the weather forecast that we would have depended on the moon and to determine oh, people would have used the moon when there was a new moon for example if there was a halo or a ring across the top of the moon they viewed that as a lot of rain was imminent and coming so they would not sow their new seeds or new crops for that harvest they will wait until the next new moon or the next phase of the moon came in also if there was 
shadow effect on a new moon it signalled that there was a lot of high winds uh, imminent so in turn they would go and tie down their, their stocks and, 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 and buildings and barns and ma make everything safe another belief they had also was that the new moon would actually draw when they did sow the crops that the new moon would actually attract and draw the crops from the ground literally like a force, force of gravity and that, that's what they believed about the new moon and in fact we have a, a new moon in fact today yeah. and if you look at the, the astrology Ireland will tell you at the moment that there's a fabulous pictures coming from the northern uh, lights there's a fabulous red and green colours from the Ouroboros so if anyone wants to go and take a look at those pictures yeah that's right Brendan I actually saw some of those photographs in the news that were taken from County Antrim and from County Donegal and they were really spectacular that's right the Joints Causeway and it was a spectacular shot I'd say any computer imagery couldn't even come up with the same shot if I recall a fact even from school I do believe that if you've got two moons in the one month that that's the second moon's called a blue moon I think that's what the phrase wants and uh, once in a blue moon comes from and you know that uh, Easter of course even though it's a movable feast we do associate it with certain things that happened in our past uh, absolutely Martin I mean you just mentioned there at school and of course every student in the country will be you know doing their just after their pre-leaving and pre-junior uh, and of course in primary as well but they would have studied the Easter Rising in 1916 and uh, I'm sure the state will, will do some kind of celebration in two years time when that comes up again but I suppose the interesting fact is that in 1916 when the Easter Rising occurred Easter fell on the 23rd of April and of course the rising happened on the Monday on the 24th of April and many of the British soldiers and so on were celebrating at Ferry House so uh, at, the, at the races so but this in, in 2016 in two years time Easter is due to fall on the 27th of March so the Easter rising will or the 100 years will actually won't quite be 100 years there'll be a month out so I don't know whether they would uh, choose to celebrate it on the on the uh, 23rd or 24th of April or whether they would choose to celebrate it on Easter Monday I, I, I suspect they'll opt for Easter Monday you know even though it's a month different uh, than when it fell 100 years previously well I also noticed that to this year 2014 were actually that 1000 year anniversary of the Battle of Clontarf which happened on a good Friday so again it links in very closely to a lot of things that happened in our history and so of course Brian Beru famously won the battle but he lost his life that day that's right. mm. uh, also Easter we associate with things like an Easter time with sowing and planting and going outside and doing all sorts of things uh, Brendan I suppose this is a time being a man of nature as you describe yourself I'm sure you're going to be out there either gardening or hiking or what type of pursuits will you be doing this time of year? Yes Martin, look at um, spring as I said earlier was my favourite time and really it really marks the start of, of the new year for me where you can get outdoors, get out into the fresh air as Mark said the, the, the daylight hours are longer than the nighttime hours and I would actually encourage everyone especially on the weekends if it's dry to get outdoors even if it means you know going for a walk up up the road for you know for even if you don't walk get out there for 10 15 minutes walk around your house get out into the garden there get get the lawn tidied up maybe get it fertilized go and 
cut cut back a few of the shrubs uh, and and the tidy up all the winter trimmings and that and and you 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 actually see nature actually ta- literally taken off and in fact our local national school have is a scheme going for the last couple of years where they encourage the children to plant a, a garden a spring garden where they will go out and plant bulbs daffodils different types of bulbs of flowers and plants and during the rest of the school year they can actually monitor the progress and see the different stages of 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 those um, plants growing and and i think it's a wonderful opportunity to kids to 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 have that link with nature a lot of people will also get outdoors there'll be a lot of sporting activities if people want to go hill walking it's it's a lot safer now than the dark days of December and January. Get up there. We have a fabulous amenity on our, on our doorstep here in, on the Morn Mountains, and there's lovely marked trails on that. You know, very good, Brandon. And of course, being a time of growth and growth in nature, I think Mark, you actually brought in a poem to to recite today, but. It's not actually about growth so much in nature, but the growth in moral character. So, again, Lent is a time where we try to grow in character, and we see that complemented in nature, as Brendan said earlier. Could you tell us about the poem? Yes, certainly, Martin. Um, the, the poem I've, I've chosen to, to read for you today is If by Rudyard Kipling. And as you say, it's a kind of inspirational or motivational type of poem. It's about character. And, you know, the, some of the lines of it are actually quoted uh, above the player's entrance to Wimbledon in Centre Court. So it's a, a kind of an inspirational type of poem. It's timeless. And I, I found it fi- I find it very good and anyway, I enjoy, enjoy it. So um, I, I'll read it for you now if you like. So it's If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master, if you can think, and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster, and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you've gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings, and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose, and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you, except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Well, very profound. A lot of food for thought there. Absolutely. And I think, um, in order to help us think about it, we'll go to a wee bit of music, and... 
This time I've got a special request for a very special person in Tyrone. And this is called Uncalin Ruai, the red haired girl. And you're very welcome back. Uh, just to remind all our listeners, we've got a repeat of that wonderful documentary at 5 o'clock tomorrow, uh, A Man's Loaf. It's a documentary by Eamon O'Reilly about the batch or the cottage loaf. Now back to our guests, Brendan and Mark, and it's great to have you with us. Uh, at spring also we're thinking about things like lamb and spring shows and a lot of things like that uh, Mark uh, surely now this is a time when you'd be thinking about your Easter dinner or even about the Christmas the chocolate egg at the, at the end of Easter Abs- Absolutely Mark and I suppose two, tr- two traditions we have in Ireland um, and elsewhere uh, of course Easter eggs um, you know given out at presents at, at Easter uh, the idea of course of the egg is that it uh, signifies the rolling of the big stone away from our Lord's tomb um, and that's the, the significance of that but of course spring lamb of course we all enjoy a bit of lamb and a bit of mint sauce at Easter time and a beautiful uh, dish it is too and of course lamb has been used as a traditional food for feasts you know from Passover times and of course at, at Easter now for us as well and the idea of spring lamb uh, originally came from lambs that you know, would have been born actually around Christmas time or shortly before Christmas time, and they would have been fed on milk uh, from the the ewes, and then I suppose they would have been put out on some of the first early spring grass, and they would have been just perfect then around Easter time. You know, they would have been lovely succulent meat and really tender, and so on. Um, and of course, nowadays you know we have a lot of imported lamb as well. So even though we get lamb from New Zealand, Australia, and Argentina and other kind of places, but uh, I think it's much better in terms of reducing the food miles. You know, to get for Irish lamb, lovely spring Irish lamb if you can get it and cook it and I don't think there's anything nicer on, a, on a, an Easter Sunday getting the family around and maybe some friends and having a beautiful dinner of, of uh, Irish spring lamb so that's what I would suggest and then followed by Easter eggs of course after dinner uh, for dessert so that would be my nice Easter Sunday I think as well we should give a thought to actually to the farmers who do be working at the lamb and at this time of year it's actually a very tiring, a very long job, it entails staying up in the middle of the light to make sure that everything goes well because we know that the whole lambing process is fraught with difficulty now Brendan, our man of nature as you describe yourself surely this is a, this is a time that, that you think a lot about maybe food and about the young, I suppose young lambs and all sorts of things what are your thoughts Brendan? Yeah, well, it's great to see, uh, even coming down to the studio this morning, Martin, um, we can buy a couple of fields, and it was great to see um, the lambs and, and the lying out stretched out this morning, so that's definitely a sure sign of spring. One revival I notice of late, and that is the number of people who are interested in going back into gardening and producing their own food. Mark alluded to reducing the food miles. It's incredible the f- the distance and the amount of food that we import into the country whereas we can actually produce it here on our own doorstep 
So there has been a great interest. You will see, especially on the likes of uh, towns, on the edges of towns, where people will go back and take an allotment and a patch. And it's, it's great to get back out there to grow your own, plant your own seeds, your own fruit, whether it be potatoes, a few carrots, a bit of cabbage, onions, going back to the old traditional way. And it's, it's not that time consuming, and yet it's a great way to get out for them few hours in the evening and enjoy it. Historically, if we go back, the farmers would have produced their crops, they would have got all the crops sowed and planted, and the lambs was a traditional for Easter. And they would have celebrated that in, in, in the fact of moving on to the spring show. Yes, another thing that I have noticed as well with this revival is that events like agricultural shows are becoming much more popular. In fact, Brendan, I rem- recall meeting you at the local show in Belorgan, at the Loud Agricultural Show, and it was even full of people who, we'd, who us culties called the Tonys, and uh, I know yous are all listening there, but I couldn't believe, <laughs> I couldn't believe how many people actually from the town really enjoyed that day out. Yeah, it's, it's great to see, historically there was always possibly this, you know, rural divide, and even when we went to secondary school, you were always considered a culture coming into the secondary school and that, but I, I think there's, there's definitely a closer working relationship between the, the, the urban-rural divide, and like, shows like that is one way of bringing people closer together, and in, to be fair, people appreciate that and that local show in Dundalk is a great show it's a great showcase to produce show people their local produce the local food and local wares and 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 so on and so forth and Mark would you have an interest in these type of activities uh, absolutely Martin I mean shows I, I've gone to shows all my me, me life I remember, I remember the spring show way back in the early 90s going to that going to Bloom in, in the Phoenix Park and the horse show and so on so yeah I, I really enjoy all those kind of shows well, that's brilliant. You know what? It's been wonderful having you in the studio. I think just to come back to Toastmasters, who have really given us the opportunity here to work with Dundalk 100 FM, and we're so grateful. And, and But next Monday is a special meeting of the Toastmasters Club. It is our competition night, and I would encourage all the listeners... Look, come along, have a wee peep. You don't have to say anything. It's when we have our best speakers uh, in a wee competition, uh, given uh, a few wee talks, and there's a kind of a vote for the for the best for the best speech on the night. And Brendan, you'll be participating, I hope. Well, yes, uh, Martin, and we'll, we'll we'll give it a, a shot on the night. And the other thing I'll say about it, the meeting for new guests who are all welcome there's actually a fun part to Toastmasters as well that every meeting there's a fun section of topics which is very interesting that's brilliant now just to leave you I'm just going to ask Brendan and Mark if there's one piece of advice that you could give the people in these days where there's a great stretch in the light Brendan my advice to people is live life to the full (coughs) get up get out there if you can at all and be but one with nature Mark and for me I suppose the old proverb I should say no matter how long the winter spring is sure to follow so you can always look forward to good times no matter how bad things look at the present time so be positive look forward enjoy the springtime, enjoy the good weather and the stretch in the evenings enjoy the fresh air I couldn't agree with you more lads so thank you very much thank you very much for listening to us and we're going to leave you now with an appropriate song you two's 
beautiful day. Thank you very much.